Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching. Wow. A baby changes what? Everything. You know, that, that video, that song's kind of an older song, an older video, somewhat archaic in regards to our technology today. But this morning, just thinking and praying about today, those were the words that just kept coming to my heart and to my mind. A baby changes everything. You know, before the service, I was backstage and, and I was walking through and just getting the preacher face on and all that business. And, and you're thinking, and that's the preacher face, would you please find the other? But anyway, I was back there and I was walking down the hallway and I'm kind of just looking at stuff, taking stuff in. And I saw these stacks of paper and, and my first thought is to kind of clean up, right? Because, you know, at, at my house, even now, there's like stuff everywhere. You know, like the living room is cluttered. There's wrapping paper everywhere. I mean, you would walk into my house and it looks like a, it looks like Christmas exploded at my house. Anybody else there today? Is it all neat, nice, clean, ready for the celebration? Or is there anyone here who can be honest and say, there's a little work left to be done today? Are you in the first crowd or the latter crowd? Probably most of you are in the latter crowd today, maybe, perhaps. So I'm going through and I grab the, the stack of the p- papers. And my first inclination is to clean up. And, and so I want to, I, I folded them up and started to walk over to the trash can. And right before I put them into the trash can, I actually looked at them and I was reminded as to why we're really here. And there's such a very powerful uh, metaphor in this and the symbolism in this that in the midst of everything that you've been doing and everything that's going on and, and all the baking and all the clutter and all the stuff and all the getting. I mean, is anyone here sick and tired of getting Amazon notices on your phone that your shipment has shipped this morning? Actually, you might be glad that your shipment shipped this morning, right? Just getting tired and sick of all that stuff and just looking for some reprieve, looking for a a little opportunity to stop and to pause and to really think and take in what this is truly, really all significantly about. And what I held in my hand, what I hold in my hand now, are the colorings of the nativity from the children of our church. And so I wanted to share a couple of those with you this morning. So the first one is Connor. Uh, Connor is learning how to color within the lines. You can see he's still got a little bit of practicing to do. But Connor's thoughts and sentiments about the nativity, he says, you simply, you are awesome. Say, way to go, Connor. You hit the nail right on the head. Talking about baby Jesus. You are awesome. Uh, This one, I can't really quite read the name. Maybe Chad. Chad says, do great. Love it. Do great. And he is really into ethnic diversity. If you notice the baby in the manger, he's all about that. That is wonderful. We've got a blue Joseph and... uh, He's got it covered right there. Way to go, Chad. Miles. Miles. Here's what he thinks about the nativity. I can't read it. 
Just kidding. He says, cool dude. Cool dude. Kate the Great says, you will do great. Love it. And she hit the nail right on the head. Ben, one word, one word, amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then Sav, he said, maybe copying one of the others, I don't know, maybe they copied him. He simply says, you will do great. And oh my goodness, to never ever lose the perspective of Christmas through the eyes of a child. Amen? Wow. So neat. Such a great, great reminder to us today that in the midst of all of the stuff that we are here to celebrate the one who gives life to us and his name is Jesus. Today we're in Luke chapter 2. And over the last several weeks, we've been talking about new beginnings and fresh what? New beginnings and fresh starts. And we've recognized the fact that there's many people in life today, in the world around us, maybe even sitting beside us this morning, they're really in need of a new beginning and a fresh start. And this message has seemed to resonate with a lot of people because people have replied back to us. and They said, you know, they just, that's just me. That's just, that's me in my life today. That's my family. We, we really are in need of a new beginning and a fresh start. And we've been encouraging people in this message that, you know, the Christmas season and the Christmas celebration is really about that. It's about a new beginning. It's about a fresh start. That in Christ today, if you in your life, if you need a do-over, if you need a control-alt-delete function, if you need something to happen in your life to allow you to forget about the past and to point forward to the future, then, then this is the season. This is the person. This is the message. Look squarely into the face of Christ. And, and there you will realize that it's in Him that you get a new beginning and a fresh start. Because God is really into new things. Uh, in Scripture, uh, He tells us that, he, that in Christ we have been given a new covenant. A covenant of grace. A covenant of grace. A new covenant. Scripture also tells us that for those of us who are in Christ, that if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new what? A new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And then you get a picture of the apocalyptic Christ at the end of the, at the, end of the book of Revelation. There, At the end of the, the last book of the Bible, you see the apocalyptic Christ. And what does he say? He says, I make all things new. So God is really into new things. He's into new beginnings and he's into fresh starts. And maybe you came today and that's exactly what you are needing in your life. A new beginning and a fresh start. In the Christmas story, when you come to Luke chapter 2, you find a lesser known character in the Christmas nativity story. Uh, he's not, uh, he doesn't get a lot of press. Uh, you're not going to see his name, his name in, the, in the first credits that start rolling on the screen. He really is a lesser known character. In fact, if you try to read 
the Christmas story. And you say, you take Luke's Gospel, and you start at the beginning of, of, of Luke, and you start reading through. Typically, by the time you get to this guy, by the time you get to this guy, I mean, everything's already boxed up for another year. Everything's put away. Christmas is long gone out of the memory by the time you get to his story. But i got to believe that his story is very much like what my story was at one point in time in my life. And maybe his story is very much like your story today. His name is Simeon. And when you find him in Luke chapter 2, this guy, he's older in age. From the text, we can conclude that he's older in age. I don't know how long in his life that he's been waiting but it seems like from Simeon's story, maybe some of you will recall this as Simeon's prophecy. Because it seems like Simeon gets it. He understands what this is about. And in uh, the words that he, he shares with us, that Luke records, in these words, it seems like Simeon really understands what Jesus and what faith in Jesus is really all about. Simeon. An older guy. He's been waiting. He's been waiting. He's been waiting on a baby. Can you recall waiting on a baby? Maybe you are holding your child right now or sitting next to your son or your daughter and you can remember not very long ago that you, you were waiting for a baby. Does that bring back any, any memories any recall to an event in your life, yourself, a family member, a friend, you were waiting on a baby. Waiting on a baby. You know, you get the news and the announcement that there's a pregnancy and everybody's excited. Wow, there's a pregnancy. Wow. Some people go, oh, oh really? Oh, maybe you're not really ready for this, but here it comes, right? And then you got nine months that you got to wait. And all the things that happen in the nine-month period of time, and then, it, finally, it, it arrives the day when there's going to be a delivery and then the contractions and all that business. And, and, and you just recall that. It seems like you're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then it happens. And in, in that moment of time, there's so much that is met there. And I know some of you, this is all ahead of you and you may not have a clue as to anything that I'm talking about. But trust me, there's people in this room who know exactly what I'm talking about. And then... You're there, and it's the day. And in that moment, in that moment, in that moment, all these emotions and feelings and thoughts come crashing together. There's apprehension, but yet there's excitement. There's joy, but yet there can be a sense of fear or anxiety. And it seems like in that waiting, in that waiting, what might be a day or two days for the, the delivery to actually happen. It seems like you relive the whole nine months all over again. And sometimes the stories aren't always great. And there might even be more pain and challenge and difficulty. And then for others, it might be excitement. And everybody is looking into the face of the child 
and looking into the face of the child is like all their dreams and all their hopes are right there. Looking into the face of the child. And for some of you dads, like me, you're sitting there going, wow, that was in there. Whoa, you've got to be kidding me. She wasn't kidding. She wasn't joking at all. We have a what? We have a baby. It reminds me of the old telephone commercial. And the guy couldn't afford uh, long distance calling or whatever. Y'all remember it? And he gets on the phone and in the moment it says, will you please accept this collect call? He announces the birth of the baby. And what does he say? In a really brief moment of time, he says, what? He says, y'all know what I'm talking about? The old phone commercial. He says, "Add a baby, it's a boy. Y'all remember that? Am I, I'm telling my age, right? Add a baby, it's a boy. This is Simeon's story of waiting and anticipating a baby. You find him in Luke 2. And when you get there in verse 25, this is after the circumcision of Christ, which would have occurred eight days after the birth. Then for a Jewish family, a Jewish, new, uh, a Jewish mother who had a newborn, then there would be another 33 days. And then she would go through, uh, in that time period, a rite of purification. And then after that, now follow the sequence, there was circumcision, there was purification, and then there was dedication. Here in this part of the story, we are at the point of where Jesus' parents are going to dedicate him. It's a baby dedication. And to dedicate him to do this properly as a Jewish family, they would take him to the temple. And there in the temple, they would make a sacrifice on his behalf. Or on their behalf, rather. A family sacrifice, if you will. And something that's extremely interesting about this is that there was a provision made under the law that if a family could not afford a lamb, then they could offer a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And guess what? That's all that Mary and Joseph could afford. It reminds us of the fact that Jesus is born into abstract poverty. He's extremely poor. His parents are poor. Listen to this. They could not even afford a lamb. They could not afford a lamb to make the proper sacrifice. But thankfully, under the provision of the law, they could offer uh, these two birds that I've just mentioned. A pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. And it just reminds us that you don't have to have much at all to really have Christmas. You really don't. In fact, there is something very, very refreshing about simplicity. There is something very refreshing about everything being stripped away down to the bare essentials, right? There's something very refreshing about all the stuff kind of disappearing and realizing that you don't need those things anyway. And you look around and as, you, as long as you have love in your heart and you have some folks that care about you and love about you and you've got a Savior and a Lord who loves you and has died for you, we're reminded that that Christmas is really about going from the cradle to the cross, the crib to Calvary. 
And when everything's stripped away, there is something very refreshing about this. And we're reminded here that Jesus was born very poor. And even His ministry on this planet, He was virtually homeless. But what did He give? I mean, what did He offer? I mean, He changed the world. But yet He was born into poverty. Mary and Joseph could not afford a lamb. They didn't need a lamb because they had the lamb. And that's just a very interesting perspective. They didn't need a lamb because they had the lamb. They had the lamb who would die and through his sacrificial death and atonement would offer salvation to to the world, including you and including me. They didn't have a lamb. They couldn't afford a lamb. But they had the Lamb. It also reminds us here that Jesus, as Paul said, was born to a woman under the law that He might redeem those under the law and that He would also prevent and keep all who were never under the law from ever having to be under the law because He brings grace. What a great reminder that His family was going through this process in this dedication of Him to be faithful under the law. But yet Jesus would die to set everyone free from ever having to go back and offer continually and repeatedly sacrifices that can never wash away sin. But it's only the blood of Jesus that accomplishes that for the world. Then you hit verse 25. And there He is. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He'd been waiting for a long time for this moment. The scripture says that he was a righteous and he was a devout guy. He was looking for the consolation or the comfort. He was looking for the hope of Israel that they as a nation would be would be elevated because they'd been oppressed for such a long period of time. And, and, and the amazing, astonishing thing is that their king, their king would not come as a great war hero or leader or politician, but, but their king would come as a humble servant. The scripture says the Holy Spirit was upon him. And listen to this in verse 26, maybe by a dream, a Christmas dream, if you will. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Lord's Messiah. We know that the name Jesus, the name Jesus means Yahweh is salvation. His name is Yeshua. Salvation is in Christ. And so Simeon had been told perhaps in a dream that he would not, he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so he comes into the temple and he's led there by the Spirit. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus, to carry out for him the custom of the law, this is what Simeon does. He's an old man. He's an older fellow. He walks up and he just takes the baby. I mean, can you imagine the scene and perhaps the chaos and the ruckus at that moment? I mean, Mary and Joseph, they bring their, their baby, you know, some maybe 40 days old to the temple and this strange guy walks up and, and he scoops him up and takes him into his arms. But yet in that moment, Simeon does something 
that everyone needs to do. Everyone needs to be a Simeon. This needs to be your story. Everyone needs to be a Simeon. Everyone needs to do what Simeon does. He looks into the face of Christ. And not everyone has done that. Maybe some people have walked up and, and they've taken a gander from a distance. Maybe they've heard some great stories and, and, and they love the celebration and the festivity of it all. Maybe some have just given intellectual assent that yes, Jesus was in fact a real historical figure. And yes, we believe that Jesus historically died on a cross. And yes, the essential of faith in Christ, the essential of faith in Christ, that he was risen from the dead. You cannot go to Jerusalem today and find uh, the body of Christ. There is no cemetery that says, here lies Yeshua. Paul says, if Christ is not risen, then you are your faith is in vain and you're still in your sin. The central component of Christianity is that Christ is risen from the dead. Everything else is just added to that. But Simeon takes the child into his arms. And I would imagine he does what everyone does with a newborn. He looks right into his face. And Simeon's life has changed. How do we know this? How do we know this? Here we have another song. I mean, Christmas is full of songs and singing. And we have this other song or this other, this poetic statement. Well, last week we talked about Mary's song. The Magnificat. That she cried out. Here Simeon says this. Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your what? My eyes have seen your salvation. He looked into the face of the baby and he says to God, God, I have found your salvation. Which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And here we are confronted with a very, 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 very important principle. That you need to take home with you today. In Simeon's story. The Lord revealed to him. That he would not. He would not die. Until he saw the Lord's salvation. He would not die. Until he saw Jesus. And here's a really, really important principle for everyone. A man is not prepared to die until he meets Christ. No person is prepared to die. Until they meet Jesus. I mean think about this past year. What all has happened in your life. I mean. 
the thought of next month and things that we are going to be thinking about next month. I just go, wow. That's all within this year. I remember, listen to me, I remember, I remember, I remember sitting in my grandfather's living room last Christmas. And he said to us, this will be the last Christmas you have with me here. And we thought he was crazy. What do you mean? You like you're in pretty good health, still able to get around relatively well, feeble, but yet still living at home with your dog by yourself. We still have him, but we will not be having Christmas this year with him in his home. His words were so prophetic. He knew it. We did not, and it was a shock for us for the very first time in my life. I will not celebrate Christmas on Miller Hill. What does a year bring? What can a year change? There are many families who this Christmas are going to be dealing with Christmas without their loved one. It's the first one. A lot can happen in a year. Just the other day, a good friend of mine's mother died suddenly. No warning sign. Had some health issues and concerns, but it just came upon her. A massive heart attack. And in a moment, she's gone. We have no idea what is going to happen a minutes ahead of us. But there's a principle that is very, very true for all of us today, and that is that no one is prepared to die until they meet Jesus. And it's not all about death. Because I want you to hear the rest of what Simeon has to say. The Scripture says in verse 33 that his mother and father... His father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. So Mary and Joseph, they're kind of taking this scene in themselves. This old man's walked up. He snatched their baby. He looks into their eyes. He says these incredible words. And they're amazed. And even though the angel Gabriel had appeared to them and had said all these things, they're still amazed. They're still taking all of this in. And they're amazed at what's being said about Jesus. And they're going, well, he's talking about my baby. I mean, you want to make somebody feel good, brag about their kid, amen? Brag about their kid. And we all do. The baby's born. I mean, they might be wrinkled and puffy and red and all this stuff, but the most beautiful thing we've ever seen in our lives. And they look like a pug. You know what I'm saying? That's P-U-G. You want to encourage someone to brag about their kid, right? It shows the revelation. Listen to this. The revelation of Jesus in the life of his own parents. It's happening moment to moment, day to day. Things they're learning. They, are, they, themselves, they themselves are growing in their understanding of who Jesus is. And so am I. It is a lifelong journey of growing and knowing who this baby is. But it is an incredible and an amazing adventure. It is better than Magic Kingdom and anything else. But there's something else here that Simeon says that I think is really, really important. He goes on, he says, 
he, after he blesses them, he says to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed, and a sword will pierce even your own soul. And I don't know, maybe this is a reference to, in Simeon's prophecy, maybe this is a reference to, you know, the fact that that lady we saw on the screen, the picture of that lady we saw on the screen, as she had that child and, and all of that, that he, he would go from the cradle to the cross, and in those moments she would be confronted with the reality that he was going to be beaten and bruised and crucified. And how painful that must have been for her as a mom. A sword will piece, pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And it transcends out from Mary to all people of to what Jesus can do in people's lives. And there's some things here in what he says that's really important. He says he will cause many to fall. You have a choice. You simply have a choice to accept or to reject. Look into his face or look away. It's your choice. Look into his face or look away. It's your choice. Look into his face or look away. It is your choice. But there is a divine compulsion called the Spirit of God that comes to you and says, why don't you just look? He'll cause many to fall. And those who say, I just don't need you. I'll take all the rest of the other stuff. But I don't need you. And I remember when I was nine years old. And I didn't know all that I was getting into. But when I was nine, I remember realizing my need. And I needed to look at the baby's face. And his death for me. And it changed my story. It changed everything. I mean, even to this day, my hope is found on nothing less than Jesus' blood and what? Because when I accept Him, all my righteousness, which is just my filthy rags, all that doesn't matter. It's insignificant. But when I accept Him, He gives to me His righteousness. And so when God sees my life, He doesn't see all the mess and all the stuff and all the clutter. He sees Christ. If you're in Christ today, you've been clothed, you've been, you've been garmented, if that's a word, with the righteousness of Christ. And he looks at your life and that's what He sees. But to say, no, I don't need you, means that you'll press on in your own Christmas clothing, in your own Christmas attire. It's empty and it's void, it's filthy rags. Those who say no, they will fall. Those who say yes, they will rise. And there is, I'll say this very clearly, there is no neutrality when it comes to Jesus. He says, Simeon says, he'll be met with opposition. Someone once said years ago that in regards to your standing with Jesus today, 
you're in one of two places and it's not neutral. You're either at war with him over your life or you are at peace with him over your life. You're either at war with him over your life or you are at peace with him over your life. There is no neutrality when it comes to Jesus. So a man is not prepared to die until he meets Jesus. You say, I'm young. The odds are in my favor of many years ahead of me. But if you think for a moment that Christianity is all about getting out of hell and into heaven, having a place to go to when you die, if you think that's what Christianity is about, you've missed the point. Because a man is not prepared to live until he has met Jesus. Not prepared to die. Not ready to die. Till you meet Jesus. But not prepared to live. Till you meet Jesus. So God's got a lot ahead of you. We're going to wrap up here in a few minutes. And we'll go back to a lot of things. And the hustle and bustle of a lot of stuff. But I really believe with all my heart that as you depart today, you could be changed. And it could be different for you. This could be the new beginning and the fresh start. So I want you to bow your head with me for just a moment. And, and maybe this is what's in your heart today. Dear God, I acknowledge that I'm like a Christmas present that's empty. You ever got a present and you opened up the box and there was nothing in it? Oh, I wrapped it, but I forgot to put the present in. Dear God, I recognize today that I am like an empty box. There is this void, there is this vacancy within me and for some reason, your spirit's telling me right now that it can only be filled with Christ. So, Lord, I acknowledge to you that I am a sinner. I'm in a state of need. I invite you to come into my life. I'm looking you square in the eye. I'm inviting you to come into my life. And I'm giving you my life. I'm going this morning from the cradle to the cross and from the cross to an empty tomb. I accept you into my life. I need you. I don't want to face this next year. I don't want to face another day without you. Thank you, Father, for forgiving me of all of my sin 
and given to me the greatest gift of all, the gift of grace. Here I am, Lord. Take my life. I give it to you. As you stand with us this morning. Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family, then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.